Welcome to the Using the Whole Whale podcast, where we learn from leaders about new ideas and digital strategies making a difference in the social impact world. This podcast is a proud production of Whole Whale, a B Corp digital agency. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's go learn something. This week on the Nonprofit News Feed, brought to you by Whole Whale, we are talking about UN General Assembly being marked by historic climate protests. We get some news from Thorn and updates from Facebook fundraisers. So let's jump into it, Nick. How's it going? It's going great, George. So that's right. This week in New York City is the annual meeting of the UN General Assembly. And while usually for most New Yorkers, that just means traffic and roadblocks, this weekend, it also meant protests. So as reported by the New York Times and other outlets on September 16th, thousands of climate change protesters, predominantly youth activists, poured into the streets of Lower Manhattan, part of a global week of demonstrations leading up to the UN General Assembly this week. So these protests specifically targeted Wall Street with activists blocking traffic, staging sit-ins, demanding governments and especially corporations take bolder action on climate change. So speakers accused Wall Street of financing fossil fuel projects that contribute to the climate crisis. Um, they called for the investment and there were arrests, but the protests remained peaceful. And this comes as we've seen protests really across, across America as well as across the world leading up to the UNGA as climate, of course, is something that the UN is uniquely equipped um, to deal with. So, George, we have, I think these protests are quite effective, right? And I think it's great that people um, are feeling engaged around the United Nations General Assembly, um, which for those who are not familiar with the UN, this is the annual event in which uh, world leaders in the countries beyond just are the ambassadors of each country to the UN, but world leaders descend on New York to speak. President Biden will be here and many other heavy hitters in international affairs. So it's a huge deal. George, what do you think of this? I think you need to have moments of breakthrough in the din of noise when it comes to the environmental movement. If it is always a low and slow without these types of punctuated movements, we sadly, as the humans, tend to let it fade away. We have that sort of normalcy of like, oh, I guess that's just the the normal rate of where how people care. And this is especially important when you're dealing with elected officials who look at large numbers of humans and say, I would like their votes. And it seems like, you know, hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands, depending on how you add it up across various periods of time and protests, uh, care about this issue. And this is a, you know, a powerful statement because of the number of people involved. And I think it is the right path for bringing that awareness there. And I, I like also that we're talking about transition from oil and gas, right? We talk about transition as opposed to stop immediately every single gas pump in America, which I, I think we can go safely say would be a bad idea for for many reasons. However, I, I think it gets typecast as stop everything immediately because we need to save the planet. And frankly, we're also part of the planet. And unfortunately, our economies and incomes levels of all kinds rely on, frankly, you know, 
exploding dead dinosaurs to move cars forward. Yeah, George, I think that's a great point and kind of highlights in some ways why these protests in the party and in the context of the UN, I think this is particularly important around the United Nations 17 SDGs for sustainable development goals, which you can find on sdgs.un.org slash goals. And these 17 goals kind of represent the the multifaceted and interconnected nature of goals like poverty and hunger, climate, peace, sustainability, all those pieces fit together, right? And I think that it's important when tackling bridge problems to know that it's never enough to just focus on one of those aspects of what makes a healthy global community because there is a ton of interconnectedness, right? And that, that comes a lot up a lot in these conversations, right? Is who is America to impose climate restrictions on Sub-Saharan Africa, you know? And those are those are climate conversations worth having, right? They're complex conversations. So I just want to add that in. But George, you actually allude to in some ways, in some ways what is our next story, because you talked about how investment and, and other things here kind of acknowledge the transition to climate change. There are some climate activists who don't have time for transition. And our next story, this one comes from Reuters, is that climate activists have sprayed orange spray paint on the brain in Germany. And this comes as Europe as a whole is seeing a ton of, quite frankly, I would say aggressive climate protest tactics from organizations like Just Stop Foil based out of the UK. And these range from people throwing applesauce at impressionist paintings to people gluing themselves to national monuments and so forth. George, we had the two kind of dichotomies, the two different types of protests here. What do you think the, are the pros and cons of this kind of direct, I would posit, aggressive actions here? And does that help the cause or does it undermine it? I feel like... <laughs> The answer's in the question, Nick. And I, you know, we were talking before this and, and both sort of agreed, like the the big tent, large movement, this are many voices speaking together, is how civil rights in America was led by, you know, MLK's work and influenced heavily by Mahatma Gandhi, who, you know, has many quotes on it, but nonviolence is a weapon of the strong. And so appearing strong, being strong means you can be nonviolent. Being disruptive being violent is taking action under the name of the cause of environmentalism. And many, many evil deeds have been done in the name of a larger movement or a larger mission. Look no farther than religion on this, where I'm using a grander cause to do violence, to do disruption in a negative way that that harms other humans. And Frankly, poverty is the worst form of violence. Another Gandhi quote, I think ultimately summarizes that I don't think it's a winning tactic. I also don't think extreme statements like stop oil immediately, even though I'm sure, yes, there's a lot more nuance to it, but stop immediately tomorrow using all of this would by far hurt people with less means. <laughs> and that's the, you know, that is probably the most blaring critique of the environmental, environmental movement over the past decades, where it simply became, you know, an issue polarized to the side of ignoring the, the truth in, in communities of need. 
Yeah, George. And that goes exactly back to what I was saying about the sustainable development goals. Um, healthy global communities, all aspects of that are interconnected, right? So you can't just look at the climate crisis in isolation without considering all of the other aspects of what makes life flourish. And we see that right now that, you know, inflation, the spike in oil prices via the Ukraine war, even that was a decrease, right? in global oil supply spiked prices and caused real harm to people, right? So I'm not saying that we should absorb the cost because it is going to be costly to transition. But I think it's also true that you can't just ignore that transition can be hard and is going to be an all hands on deck effort. I also, I came across this article. I've been like reading nonstop about, this is a surprise. I didn't put it in. It won't be in the, uh, the, the official newsfeed email, but apparently the world's largest lithium reservoir was found in a super volcano in Caldera in Nevada. And to estimate that it has roughly 1.5 trillion worth of the precious metal. And, you know, the, the, the quick course here is that we need a lot of batteries to store energy made by, uh, by wind, solar power in any way, shape, or form, right? Gas is a tremendous store of energy that we can shove in a tank and move around. So lithium is that bridge to a battery, you know, base transition of energy that allows us to store. And this deposit, you know, if it is able to be pulled out, could make, you know, one of those big steps in saying like, all right, well, we need a lot of batteries to do this. We need a lot of lithium to make those batteries. And yes, I am also watching very closely for the environmental arguments about not, not mining this out of this volcano. And there's definitely going to be some fights. So be prepared, Nick. I'm, I'm watching, watching that story develop. Ooh, that's a spicy one, George. I, that's maybe a road trip coming our way. We'll go out uh, and uh, it's back to the Nevada. <laughs> location. I'll tell you what, I'm going to, I'll visit via Google Maps. I'll do that on a flyover. Sounds great. Excellent. So this is, I'm going to take us into our next story. And this is a really important one for our nonprofit listeners. It's a little bit technical. Um, I'm going to read it in full as a public service. So bear with me. I promise you it's important. So this comes from Facebook has updated the terms. Facebook meta has updated the terms of how to handle donations on its platform. Facebook nonprofit donation fundraisers. So if you're an organization that is running Facebook fundraisers, you need to be aware of this. So August 30th, Meta announced a new partnership with PayPal that essentially is going to rejigger how Facebook processes donations. Here's some of the, the, the top line things to know. Meta will no longer cover donation processing fees after October 31st. Donations will be subject to a fee charged by the payment processor. Um, also effective October 31st, Meta will partner exclusively with PayPal Giving to support donations benefiting nonprofits in the US, UK, and Australia. Meta will no longer support donations through Meta Payments or Network for Good. There's going to be update of trends and conditions. Something that's really important that was called out 
is that nonprofits, one, need to take action and look into this to avoid disruptions. If you're running an active fundraising campaign, there's full details. We'll link on the show notes and go to Meta's website. Additionally, update any ads. Nonprofits um, are currently able to run on Facebook donation ads, but ads that are set up before a nonprofit switches to the new system will stop delivering on October 3rd, 31st, 2023. Um, so if you want to set up new Facebook fundraising ads, um, they need to be set up on the new platform. George, I know that was a lot, but I think this is really important because this platform has generated billions of dollars in revenue for nonprofits. Yeah, roughly $5 billion to date since its creation since 2016. I think the value over time has diminished from what we've seen as a strategic organization here at Whole Whale, but still there are types of organizations that do very well by the Facebook fundraiser. The biggest change here, which I am very sad to see, is the fact that the transaction fees, this was the whole value add transaction fees are no longer covered. So that means it is like any other payment processor in the sense that those fees are eaten. Certainly you can have a donor come in and cover it. And like, we understand that there's many platforms that have that solution baked in, but this really begins to neutralize the, the upside of frankly, the fact that you don't get that full donor information. There's a lot of other nuance in here, but the takeaway is don't ignore this. Make sure it is set up and ready to go on October 31st because you know what comes in November and December, if you work in the nonprofit sector, giving season, giving Tuesday, potentially gifts that uh, might miss their mark. And you don't want that to happen in the final two months of the year. Absolutely, George. Hey, it's very important to call out for our nonprofit listeners. All right, George, this is going to be shifting gears a little bit, uh, actually a lot of bit, um, but I think it's worth talking about. Um, we are going to focus on Ashton Kutcher, who's gotten himself in trouble over a letter that he and wife Mila Kunis wrote to the judge presiding over Danny Masterson's sexual assault trial ahead of his sentencing last week. Danny Masterson is the affluent convicted of sexual assault. And in his sentencing trial, Kutcher and Kunis wrote a essentially a, a, a character letter in support of Masterson. In addition to this being wrong on the surface, Kutcher and Tunis both are on the board of an anti-sex trafficking nonprofit called Born that Kutcher founded in 2009 with then-wife Demi Moore. Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis have both stepped down from their positions on the board, saying, quote, after my wife and I spent several days listening, personal reflection, learning and conversations with survivors and employees and leadership at Thorn. I have determined the responsible thing for me to do is resign as chairman of the board effective immediately. I cannot allow my error in judgment to distract from our efforts and the children we serve. George does seem that quite frankly, I don't know what Ashton Kutcher was doing. He serves on the board of an anti-child sexual abuse organization and wrote a letter, a character letter in support of someone already convicted of sexual assault. You know, the whole point of the organization is helping survivors. And, you know, it, it seemed to be a severe lack of judgment at the least there. Yeah, I, I was debating whether or not to put this in the actual news feed. You know, it is in some ways sensational. But in other ways, you know, if you have a co-founder of that stature stepping down, it is sort of, I think, a, a reminder that 
wow, at some level, like that's a human, that human had a friend and he was convicted. And then at this moment where he thought that maybe there was an opportunity to convey something that might reduce his sentence, he forgot that he's got other responsibilities as a human, like the co-founder of Thorn, like somebody who's looked to as someone standing up for survivors of sexual abuse. And this is just antithetical to anything that that person would do. And so, you know, I could imagine, I always try to imagine like, what were they thinking? And I, you know, I guess that's what they're thinking. This is somebody who, you know, they started their careers with and that was a terrible error. And I ultimately, I think Thorne loses here. They lose the celebrity power that certainly Kutcher brought. And if you don't think that that's leveraged, like you're not working at a nonprofit that deals with any celebrity, celebrity adjacent work. And so I, I really hope that Thorne is able to strategically move on beyond this and, uh, and still continue to succeed. Yeah, George, I think it actually does highlight, though, in some ways, the fragility of nonprofits that mm. are so reliant on celebrities. On um, celebrity. And, and seriously, and you're one letter, you're one right? tweet, you're one like, you know, step to the left away because you have associated that brand. I think this is a uniquely different case because he is a co-founder. It's different in that regard. But there are, you know, a lot of organizations out there that are founded by celebrity and live by celebrity. Absolutely. Even the Gates Foundation, right? That was, that is chaos. It's, sure. you know, Gates had the, had the divorce, it's, you know, 50% of marriages end in divorce and it's chaos over there. Crazy to know. So I think it's a, a potentially a, yeah. a cautionary tale. All right, George, I think we need a film good story now. Absolutely. And while you, while you pull that up, a reminder that Whole Whale has also developed CauseWriter.ai, which will help you create content in your organization's voice based on your organization's data in a way that won't sell that data into the sea of terrible. So it allows you to control all of that with a simple interface, as well as trainings we've been doing gosh, at least a training a week these days for nonprofits and organizations interested in bringing their teams up to speed with what is possible with AI. And with that, we'll go to the feel-good story. Definitely take advantage. Our team's been working hard on, on translating the world of AI into language that nonprofits need to hear. But I want to take us into our feel-good story. And this comes from WLOS. And the title on this nonprofit is that a unique nonprofit celebrates four years of saving newborn kittens. So the Esther neonatal kitten awards. He can't do it. I knew he couldn't do it without laughing. He was trying so hard, seriously, before we went on to try to make it through. All right. I'm not cutting any of this, by the way. Oh, God. I love kittens. I love kittens. But this nonprofit helps kittens. And that's a nonprofit. They can't make it through the whole article. That's amazing. Yeah, you'll have to, sorry. Guess what? It is just too cute to make it through entirely. So you're just going to have to go to the uh, the newsletter to find out what happened. We'll leave the link in the show notes. Nick, I've got a question for you, though. Why does the Arbor Day Foundation look forward to their fall fundraising? Oh, God. <laughs> Well, Nick, it is a relief. Jesus. 
And just so you know, because yeah. I had a little bit of information here, Arbor Day sprouted from the mind of a tree lover named Julius Sterling Morton. Uh, passion for planting all kinds of trees. And the first Arbor Day occurred on April 10th, 1872 in Nebraska City. It is estimated that nearly 1 million trees were actually planted on that day. So, huzzah. All right, Nick, see you out there. See ya. Thanks, Jim. This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com university to keep learning with us. Thanks as always to gregthomasmusic.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you. 